Well, it is uh, great to finally be back here uh, in person with you guys. Um, I know for my wife and I, we kind of had a rough break, and so it is good to be back here and in person. Um, I know some of you had, uh, it was a long break, uh, longer than normal, and some of you were kind of bored and are excited to be back. Um, some of you had a really good break and weren't ready to come back, but um, for at least for me, right, it was a rough break, and, and so I'm glad that you guys are back and, and we're here, um, and I can be here with you guys. Uh, we are starting a brand new series called Made New, and, um, and this is uh, going to be a series over one of the Christian practices of baptism. And so, if you have been thinking about baptism and committing your life to Christ, then this is a great series for you. If you are already a Christian and have already been baptized and have already committed your life to Christ, then this is still going to be a good series for you. Um, it is great to go back and, and uh, review what it is that you believe in. And so, uh, anyone in here make New Year, is it New Year's resolutions or New Year resolutions? I never know. But anyone in here make a New Year resolution? No one? <laughs> yeah, Meg, you did? Do you care to share? Gluten-free. Gluten-free. You're going gluten-free. Is it for health reasons? Or just... Uh, it just makes me feel better. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Harrison? Kind of eat healthier. Eat healthier? <laughs> Don't eat as much canes as friends' pizza. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Still haven't had canes. I need to try it out. I hear it's pretty good. So... Uh, I heard Nathan the other day say his New Year resolution was to not lose a ping pong. How's that working out? I don't want to game that. Me personally, I have a New Year's resolution to lose 25 pounds this year and keep it off. And so um, I, uh, I already lost 5 pounds, so I'm kind of on the way. Um, uh, but. Um, so I'd have 20 more pounds to lose, and with a little one now, I want to be the healthiest version of myself so I can be around for her as long as possible. And so that's my New Year resolution. Um, what is it about New Year's and new starts and new beginnings that make us want to improve ourselves? Right? Every year, come January 1st, People like myself, right, make a resolution to improve themselves, right? Or maybe it's a new semester, and your resolution is, you know, I'm actually going to go to class this semester and study and get good grades, right? What is it about new years and new beginnings and new starts that make us want to improve ourselves? And I think it is um, an innate characteristic within us. Because we know that we were, well, you may not know, but we were made in the image of God. And deep down, we know that we are falling short of that standard. So, to kind of support this idea, right, um, we're going to look in our Bibles all the way back at the very beginning of our Bible. And so, if you have your Bible with you, or pull out your phone, right, um, we're going to be in the book of Genesis today. And so, uh, Genesis 
in Genesis, um, we get two descriptions of man. Right? We get two descriptions of human beings. One before sin, and one after. Right? And so, uh, in Genesis 1, we discover that man was made in God's image. So, Genesis 1, uh, starting at verse 26. It reads, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Here we see from the very beginning, we were meant to be like God. We were meant to reflect God because we were made in his image. Right? Now, if you flip over a couple chapters in your book to Genesis chapter 3, right, uh, a lot of your headings in your Bible will say the fall of man. Right? And if, if you're unfamiliar with this story, Genesis 3 is where Adam and Eve, they... Uh, partake of this forbidden tree, right? The fruit from this forbidden tree that God told them not to eat from. They eat from it, right? And you would think that Genesis 3 would be the very first mention of the word sin in the Bible. But it isn't, right? What is unique is the very first time sin is mentioned is not in Genesis 3, as you would expect, but it comes in the next chapter. Genesis 4. Right? And so um, Adam and Eve, they get banished from the garden, right? And they have uh, a son, right? They actually have two sons, maybe more, I don't know. But they have at least two sons. And uh, the older one is Cain, and the younger one is Abel. Now, uh, Abel, being the younger son, he actually draws favor from God. Over Cain. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am a younger son, right? I have an older brother. And I think it is some law in the universe that says that older brothers are supposed to be better than younger brothers in everything they do, right? And when that law is broken, the older brother gets really, really mad. Okay? I remember this one time uh, we were at Six Flags over over Georgia, Six Flags Great Adventure. Um, and I remember I was with my family, and there was a roller coaster ride that we were waiting in line for. And it was me, my dad, and my brother. And my brother's older than me. And we get to the front of the line, and my brother's like, no, I can't do this ride. And he bows out. And I decide to go on it. And I let my brother hear it for like to this day, I still let him hear how he chickened out on that ride, and I did it, right? And he hates that, um, because older brothers are supposed to be better than younger brothers in everything. And when that isn't the case, a lot of times, older brothers get really mad. And that's what we see here in Genesis 4. And so, uh, in Genesis 4, 
right? Starting in verse 1, it says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. That's what happens, in case you didn't know. All right. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gifts, but he did not accept Cain and his gifts. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. The first mention of sin in the Bible is a description of a beast or a wild animal ready to pounce and devour its prey. And the thing is, is we all know that that's what sin is. Sin has the ability to destroy you. Right? And so, in the first four books of the Bible, we get two very different pictures of man. Right? One before sin, in Genesis 1, where they are made in the image of God. And then one in Genesis 4, where sin is ready to pounce and devour and destroy them. They have turned into something beastly. And so, right? Sin turns you into something less than. And so to kind of further, I know that that's kind of a little bit of an abstract concept, but to kind of further support this idea, right, let's look back in Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve, they, they sin, right? They eat from the tree that they're not supposed to. And uh, Genesis 3, verse 21, this is after Adam and Eve has eaten from the tree, and God has caught them, and um, he's about to banish them from the garden, Right? Genesis 3, verse 21, it says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Now, a lot of people, they read that verse, and they think that God is providing for Adam and Eve. And that may very well be the case. Right? But I think there is more to that verse. I think it is a symbolic transformation from being in the image of God to turning into something beastly. Right? They are literally 
putting on the skin of what sin is turning them into. We are created in the image of God. And we are meant to be like Him. Yet when we choose sin, sin turns us into something that is less than. We have a choice. Just like Adam and Eve have a had a choice, we have a choice as well. We can either choose sin or choose God. Choose sin or choose God. It's as simple as that. Right? And when we choose sin over God, we are in essence saying that, hey, I want to be my own God. I want to be the Lord of my own life. Ignore the wisdom of God. Right? Even if it turns me into something beastly and less than. That's what choosing sin is. You're saying that I want this momentary pleasure or this thing or this vice or this addiction over God. And it's going to turn you into something beastly and less than. The word sin in Hebrew is, probably going to butcher the pronunciation, but kata. Uh, and that is translated to miss the mark. When we sin, we miss the mark. And we fail to become more like God. But instead, choose to become something beastly and savage. Sin, it prevents us from reaching our full potential. It prevents us from realizing the love, the full love of God and His plan for our life. Sin, it severs that relationship that we can have. Choose sin or choose God. It's as simple as that. The problem, though, is even though it's simple, right? Choose sin or choose God. Even though I know that I, I should choose God all the time because sin is ruining my relationship with Him, is preventing me from realizing the potential that God has for me, the plan that He has for my life, the fullness of His love. Even though I know all those things, more often than not, I choose sin over God. And my guess would be that it's the same for you as well. It is impossible to always choose God over sin. It is. Even though we know we're supposed to, it is impossible to always choose God over sin. So what's the point? 
Why try? Why not just give up? If it's impossible to always choose God over sin, why do we continue to try? The thing is, he said, God, he knew it was impossible as well. He knew that more often than not, you are going to choose some sin over him. And it was going to break your relationship with him. And so, there's good news, right? All that has been kind of bad news, right? But the good news is, he knew that it was impossible. And what is impossible for us, he made possible through his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son to, die, to live a human life, right? live a perfect human life, without sin, die on the cross, and take on our failures, take on our sin, and restore that relationship that we had. Make it possible to restore that relationship with God. And so, we're going to talk more about that next week. So, come back next week for part two of Made Fit. Um, if you're here tonight and you realize that uh, you have a sin in your life, that is preventing you from realizing that that fullness and that relationship with God. Right? And you want to know how to fix that, how to mend that. Come find me as we sing this next song. And we can make that happen.